My guest today is Jeremy Huss. Jeremy is the Vice President of Financial Planning with Barnum Financial Group. He leads a team that helps Barnum's senior relationship managers develop personalized wealth management plans and innovative solutions to meet their current and long-term goals. He joins us to discuss the world of financial planning from its current state in the industry to where it might be heading in the near future. I'm Paul Blanco, and this is Small Steps, Big Wins. All right, Jeremy, welcome to the show. Small steps, big wins. And, you know, when I think about you, Jeremy, we spent a lot of time together over the last 20 years almost. Right? 18 years. That's 18 actually 18 years. years. This weekend is 18 Holy years. Mackerel. Yeah. So um, I've watched you grow dramatically over those years. And uh, I guess what I wanted to start with today is, you know, the audience always likes to understand where you were 18 years ago and how you ended up getting into the financial service industry. Yeah, great question. Number one, thank you so much for inviting me. It's a truly an honor to, to be here today. Um, I guess my background, you know, I was a, grew up in Connecticut, went to UConn, actually started off as an engineering major. I, I, I have a, come from a long line of engineers. My dad was an engineer, my brother's an engineer. Uh, so I started that path and then recognized really quickly that wasn't for me. So switched gears to finance. Uh, and then really my last year, uh, a senior year in college, did an internship with a financial advisor, really got a feel for the business, really loved it. It was a really small shop, so it really wasn't set up for me to start my career there. So interviewed, actually Barnum was the first place that I interviewed uh, with Joe Lepresti. And then I circled around, interviewed with a bunch of other financial services firms. Barnum felt like home from day one. And obviously it's been home for the last 18 years. So it's been a great, great journey. Well, that's amazing. And, and I know that, um, and you could correct me on the dates, but you spent a couple of years as a financial advisor, yep. you know, making the calls, doing all the stuff, very different time, 18 years ago for in sure. this industry, especially for uh, a kid coming off the campus. For sure. And, uh, I remember coming to you and say, Hey, like, don't bail on us. I have a role for you. And mm -hmm. at that time, probably 15, 16 years ago, we popped into uh, the financial planning division mm -hmm. here and uh, you've been leading it for a long time. And tell us, you know, like you had a passion for planning. Sure. So I want to understand because I think our industry really struggles with the difference between like I do planning mm -hmm. fee or free, but why did you like see that as an opportunity? And now just, uh, I'm excited to let everyone understand what you've built and yeah, what sure. you do, but tell sure. me why planning. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like planning chose me in a way. Uh, I'm very, you know, I'm analytical by nature. I want to help people by nature. I think, you know, starting back 18 years ago, like you said, the industry was very different. I think it was a little bit more transactional potentially. Um, and I really want to look at the holistic picture for clients. And frankly, you know, I struggled my first two years as an advisor because it was really more, you know, cold calling and trying to get in front of people that, you know, that's a struggle. Um, so I, you know, I was thankful so much that you gave me the opportunity to transition and kind of work behind the scenes more to kind of get comfortable with the analysis and developing the strategies and recommendations. And then that gave me the really the passion to how do I explore this with other advisors and ultimately clients to make sure we're looking at things from a holistic way. Because I think there's a lot of great work that we can do from the financial services industry and financial advisors. 
Um, but it's not always the case. And just like every industry, you, know, you kind of have some bad, bad actors. And I think financial planning gives you the opportunity to really look at things from a holistic point of view and really help coach clients and making sure that you're working in their best interest and, uh, and taking care of really what's most important to them. Well, it's interesting. I didn't, and I probably knew this, but I might've forgot, but I didn't realize there was a long line of engineers. Mm -hmm. And then you were thinking, so when I think about the planning process yeah. and being an engineer, it's kind of like, it did find you because yeah. that was sort of where you started, Yeah. but then you were able to take finance and apply it. So, you know, when I look at today, your role and, or your role as leading financial planning mm -hmm. for a firm, you know, what's your team like and what do you guys do mm -hmm. and how do you help advisors? And, sure. and then obviously how do you help clients? Yeah. So I think I'll probably start with the client side first. And I think people equate the financial planning sometimes to going to the dentist and nothing against dentists. Everyone wants clean teeth, but generally it's not an enjoyable experience. So really my focus from planning and position planning to advisors and ultimately to clients is how do we keep it easy? How do we keep the client engaged in the process, get them engaged early, make it easy so that we're always moving forward and helping the client take action uh, ultimately. So I think that goes through everything that we do as far as how we support advisors. How do we keep the process easy, but impactful, uh, impactful to clients? Um, so I can walk, you want me to walk through the kind of yeah. the financial planning process as far as what, what that looks like. So it really, it's a four part process from a meeting standpoint. So intro is really just kind of getting to know clients and understanding what's important to them and then really educating them as far as the different ways that financial advisors can help them and help letting them decide what type of relationship is best for them. And then if it's planning, moving forward in that engagement, and I believe in getting the client to enter data for themselves. So it really gets them engaged in the process early. It also is way more efficient from an advisor perspective. It's efficient, more efficient from my team perspective. So it's a win, win, win all the way around. Well, it's interesting on that point. I want to just make one point on that. So I've had a financial advisor for 15 years mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I heard a thing about Tiger Woods one time where Tiger Woods was at the time, the best player, three coaches. And I'm like, I'm like the shoemaker's kid here. I'm like, I think I know it. I'm <laughs> you know, running this firm, but I, I know finance, but sure. I can't really be my own advisor. Sure. But so I've had that, but I've never taken the time to enter the stuff. So mm -hmm. during COVID, you know, on some downtime being home all those times, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to just go through every piece right. of investments, insurance. And honestly, it was lots and lots of accounts. Mm -hmm. It gave me a very different appreciation for sure for what my advisor does, but also for what, you know, I have in front of me and I, now I have this puzzle. Right. And so I think that's a good strategy having the client do that. Yeah. Yeah. It gets them engaged in the process. Again, they feel like they're doing something, they're getting yeah. value as they plug stuff into the software they're seeing in their financial life build. So it really gets them excited yeah. about and motivated about the process. And again, a lot of financial planning is also about coaching and getting and keeping the client engaged. Right. So I think trying to get them engaged early on the process while also creating efficiencies, I think is a, is a great win-win. Yep. So what was the fourth one? I think I, I got you. Yeah, that's right. okay. Yeah. So, um, and so once the data is entered, reviewing the data with the client, obviously making sure that it's accurate and then really importantly, crystallize what their goals look like and making sure that 
we're on the same page as far as what do you want to accomplish uh, and making sure we're again, working together to, to solve those goals. And then the next meeting is a strategy meeting. I think this is really the most critical meeting. This meeting, the way I position it is it's all about education to the clients. With financial planning, we really live in a world of gray. There's very few things that are clear cut. You should always do this. You should never do this. It's really about trade-offs and about preferences. So our job is really to educate the client on those trade-offs and put them in the driver's seat to make a smart and informed financial decision. So by doing that, it just gives you open architecture to have those conversations with the client, see if an idea hits with them or, or it doesn't. And then ultimately getting to the action plan meeting, that's pen to paper. How do we actually make sure the client's taking action and really that document for me is about mutual accountability. So it holds the client accountable, make sure they're doing the things that they need to be doing and it holds us accountable as their financial planning team to make sure nothing slips through the cracks. Hey, uh, for everyone that's listening right now, if you're driving or you're sitting there, you don't have a pen and paper out, you got to go back and rewind this and listen to this. This is truly like a master class on doing planning with clients. So really good stuff, Jeremy. Thank so, you. Appreciate that. So now we got the process, but behind the scenes, what's your team like and right. how does your team, because we know that financial advisors, the way I look at it, and I remember when we started doing planning here, we had like 30 advisors go through the class. Mm -hmm. They all got their, you know, planning certification and then they sold the plan quickly. Yep. They were good. They were good advisors. Yep. They sell this plan and, and then they're doing what? all this data <laughs> entry. And yep. I'm like, holy mackerel, we got to build a division here because yep. I want them you know, like a doctor to see more people. Right. And so now we have this team and tell me about your team. Yeah. So very robust team, obviously. Yeah. That can be a barrier to entry for advisors of financial planning. I think the conception is that, well, that's a lot of work. Like I don't, that, how do I support that? And do I really want to go down that, that road? Um, so we have a phenomenal infrastructure from helping advisors process the actual paperwork and payments and things like that. So they're not getting bogged down with paperwork. Um, and then also people who We'll do the data entry on behalf of the advisor and behalf of the client. So if you're not doing, you know, the digital onboarding, what I call where the client's entering it, we have staff that can enter the data uh, into the software for you. And then next level up are our consultants really focusing on strategies, right? So looking at the case, looking at the opportunities and seeing, all right, what strategies make sense. And then consulting with our product specialists to make sure we're looking at things from all angles. So we can help in-house really I say beginning to end from an entire case design process, we can take that off of an advisor's plate. And really, like you said, they're the doctor, they show up and they can leverage someone on our team, a consultant on our team to help drive the software, right? We don't want the software to get in the way of, of helping the client. So how do you use the team to make that process as efficient as possible? So if I'm a, a financial advisor and whatever tool you're using, I don't even have to know how to really use it. I have to be familiar with it. Right. But during the client meeting, I'll have someone assisting me saying, hey, like, can we show this scenario a little differently? Because that's what the client right. wants in that strategy session. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We don't want advisors, experts in software. That's not where their skills should be spent. Uh, so how, leveraging the team. And again, I'm very focused on back to my original point of keeping clients engaged in the process pulling the software up on the screen and doing live interaction and financial planning really helps clients get engaged in the process of really, they see the impact of potential solutions or potential strategies or a potential issue that they didn't even realize was part of their financial plan. So it really gets them more engaged in the process. So again, it's a win-win all the way around. And when financial advisors go through this process with you and your team, do they understand how to leverage that 
going forward? Or is it, is that a process too, for them huh. to, you know, cause advisors like to do things and sometimes advisors like to do things to be busy mm-hmm. when the busiest part is making an impact on a client's life, right? They want, we want them to do more of that. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's multiple roles to, to my, to my job overall. I mean, I think one of them is just educating advisors as far as what the financial planning process is. It doesn't have to be complicated. Like how do we keep that easy? It's also how to best leverage the team and take advantage of all the resources that you have available to you. Um, I also say, you know, the advi- like you said, advisors like to do certain things. So we are very flexible as far as how we support advisors. So if advisors want to do data entry on their own for whatever reason, again, I don't think it's the best use of their time, but they can certainly do that and they can use us on the back end to help with strategies and recommendations. And then the reverse is also true. Hey, you just want to use us for the grunt work, get the, get the data into the software. I'm good. I'll do everything else on my own. You know, we can support them that way too. So we very we give a lot of flexibility as far as how they want to engage, but I also do a lot of coaching of, hey, let's look at how to make your process more efficient, whether that's how you're positioning things to clients or how you're leveraging the team. That's awesome. We had an advisor on the show last week that actually talked about sitting second seat mm-hmm. to the head of planning or one of our product specialists sure. where they're sitting on the same side as the client mm-hmm. and does that happen often with you where they're on the client side and they're questioning you? Yeah. But to, to help the client understand that they're in this with them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's a great dynamic for the advisor and and client relationship. And I think that's really, frankly, the benefit of the Barnum platform is you have all these specialists and letting the advisor bring in some of these specialists and like, let's hear this person out together and see if this is a good fit for you. So the advisor always gets to maintain that relationship. They're kind of the hub of that relationship. And then they can bring in these other ideas. And if the client doesn't like whatever that person said or doesn't like that strategy or doesn't want to go down the financial planning route, doesn't disrupt the advisor relationship. So I think it's a great dynamic. Now, before we get off the team, how big is the team that you you have and that you're um, helping to lead? Yeah, so we're north of 20 people um, specializing in different areas. So we have about 10 people on the financial planning side. So really doing the, the analysis, um, strategy, recommendations, putting together the plans, doing the client meetings, uh, and then specialists in each one of uh, our different product lines. So investments, uh, insurance, we have an estate planning attorney on staff. Um, so very robust team, really looking at all areas, because, again, you, you can't be an expert in everything uh, as much as I try. And, and I've been a, really a student of the business from day one. Um, you can't be an expert in everything. So we have specialists to, to round out from an advisor perspective. Hey, if you don't want to play in this area or if you're not an expert in this area, we have we have a specialist that you can plug into. That's really awesome. You know, you made a statement earlier and about six or seven years ago, you talked about how they're helping coach. You use the word coach the client. Mm-hmm to in the strategy to make the decisions and do the things. And about six years ago, I think I maybe was a little forward thinking in terms of, I think the role of the financial advisor going forward is going to be a life coach yeah, and, and really help the client to make the decisions, coach them through that, coach them to think differently. And then also what's next in life. Right. And I just love your opinion on that. Do you think that that's a skill set that FAs will have to get or they'll get left behind? And I'm I'm not talking 25 years. I'm talking two, three two, years yeah. from now. 
What's your thoughts on that? No, I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, I think the the days of the advisor, like my value prop is my portfolio. And I have the best portfolio. I mean, I, I think that's uh, probably not even true now, but certainly, you know, three years from now, five years from now, I think that's going to be even less, less true. And I think the value that advisors bring is, yeah, that life coach is making sure, hey, I understand my clients. I understand what's important to them. I understand what's motivating to them. And let me help them take action and be really, I always talk about the accountability partner, make sure they know they need to do these things. I'm there kind of in their corner working for them and an advocate for them, making sure they actually take action on it. And that's what coaches do. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I think that's really awesome. And I think that, you know, once again, if you're listening here, like those are some of the skill sets you should be trying to learn as an FA to do that. So when you're an advisor and you start out in the career, Obviously there's parts of it, but when, when do you think is the best time to start the journey on planning? Is it day one? Is it, you know, once I have a hundred clients, like when does that journey begin? Yeah. I'm going to be a little bit biased to my answer here, but yeah, I mean, absolutely without question day one, I think it's, and and again, I'm very much focused on giving the client choice and flexibility and very being very super transparent as far as how we work and ultimately how we get compensated get that, get familiar with that language, get comfortable with that language day one. It's going to be so much easier for you in your career, especially as we think about the evolution of financial planning. It's definitely where the industry is going. So you want to make sure you're, you're embedding that in your language and your philosophy day one. I work with a lot of advisors that have been doing something one way for 20 years and now they're trying to make a change that you can certainly do it. But change is hard. We all know that. Right. So I think the, the more that you can just embrace it early on in your career, it's, it's going to be a game changer for you. Well, it was, I heard a saying yesterday, we always say, um, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But the one I heard yesterday was don't be comfortable. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little, the opposite. Line. Right. But I think what happens is we get in this career and just like any other business or any, like working out, you right. get into this routine right? and it's very hard to break. Absolutely. So I think having a, and, and by the way, it doesn't have to be fee-based, right? You can go through all those things and not, but poo on you if you're not thinking like your time is valuable. Sure. Yeah. I would say, you know, our platform, it gives you the flexibility to kind of choose how you want to engage with clients and what does that compensation model look like? I'm a big proponent uh, of fee planning. I just think, again, it's where the industry is going. I think it's it's a great dynamic with, with the client because, they're, again, they're paying for that fiduciary level advice. Um, so, again, I'm biased to my answer as far as I no, think, but, but, but I, we do, our platform does allow for the open architecture. You can kind of go to market. How do you want to go? And I do think that clients want to pay for a service that's going to be there for them. And I think it's important. That's where the puck's going. Yeah. And it changes the dynamic of the relationship too. I mean, again, they're hiring you as their coach. They know you're held to a fiduciary standard, but clients and they're more likely to take action. So again, it's, it's a, it's another win-win when, when clients are engaging in in a formal financial planning relationship. Yeah, it's great. You said earlier that I'm a student of the business. Mm. When you look at Jeremy's bio online here, you'll see that, and I'll probably understate it, but five or six different designations. I think, I mean, I think it's six or seven six at this or point. Seven, <laughs> but always going to different workshops mm-hmm. and, and learning. And I mean, we've talked about, you know, one of my sayings is a lifelong learner, mm-hmm. but you've really taken that seriously. Yeah. When you think of educating yourself and if I'm sitting here today and I'm a, a veteran in the business 10 mm-hmm. years in, where should I be going for education? Like when you think of what you've done or workshops, what yeah. what has made the biggest impact on you? 
Yeah. I mean, I think uh, number one, that's what attracted me to this industry from day one. It's you're never going to be an expert in everything. And I try to, I try to prove that wrong, but it's certainly true. So again, trying to be a student of the business, I think is really important and and something that I'm super passionate about. I mean, I think to, to start, especially for younger advisors, you know, working through the CFP curriculum that gave me number one, a ton of knowledge, number two, a ton of confidence. Um, So I think that's a great program. And then as you kind of evolve from there, I think, you got to decide what direction, what do you want to specialize in? So I've done uh, an exit planning designation. So really focusing on business owners and transitioning and, and selling their practice. Uh, really what I'm most passionate about is taxes, um, taxes and retirement planning. So I'm a big student of Ed Slot. He's a phenomenal resource, uh, great content, um, great resources available there. Uh, Michael Kitsis is another good one. So he does a blog, Nerd's Eye View. Um, that's got a ton of great content, super detailed. So those are two that you can kind of hit, get get onto their newsletters relatively quickly. Um, and then you just got to really, you got to find your passion. What do you, what do you most focus? Uh, what do you want to learn most about? What do you want to focus on and kind of go from there? But it be open to, to other, uh, other opportunities. Yeah, it's amazing. I love to learn. I love to learn everything, everything that I'm into, mm-hmm. right? I don't like to learn stuff that I'm not into. <laughs> um, I'm biased to what I learned, but. But access to learning today from when I came in the business to even when you came in the business, it's right at your fingertips. So if you're out there and you're not digging in on this stuff and, you know, trying to be thoughtful about, you know, take 20 minutes a day to learn something, make sure you're studying for the designation and and just keep that ongoing. I think that's a a game changer. Yeah, I think the biggest thing there is allocating time, right? So making sure that's part of your daily routine or your monthly routine or whatever. So I think that's a benefit. So I'm affiliated with the Ed Slot group that gives me dedicated time. I'm forced to go to a conference twice a year to to learn, right? So, or signing up for a designation that's forcing you to do the learning. So things that are kind of more automated and more forced, uh, you're more likely to take action on it. But I think carving off that dedicated time is super important. I know the answer to this question I'm going to ask Jeremy, but would you do it when you're younger? So you don't, when you don't have kids, so you can study more? <laughs> I'll tell you now, because I did a lot of my designations before I have kids. I have a one and four year old now. Um, I don't know <laughs> how I would have necessarily gotten that done. I'm sure I would have found a way, uh, but it's definitely easier. I mean, I came right off the college campus. You're used to learning, yep. studying, like just keep that ball rolling. I would say keep the momentum going too. I got one designation. I kept on going. I mean, I was doing a module a month. Uh, and you just get it in a routine. And, and once you break that routine, again, going back to our yeah. previous point, it's hard to get back yeah, started, habits, right? So just get yeah, get in the habit of doing it. Um, all right. So, you know, 2023, you know, before we blink, 2030 will be here. I yeah. can't believe we, you know, it's already tw- middle of 2023. What 2030, what's financial planning in this industry going to look like? Like, what's the future yeah. if, you know... Uh, and I'll, let me preface it a little bit. I remember in 1999 going to a conference and it was all about planning mm-hmm. and we were selling multiple products then, but we really weren't doing planning. And I was like, oh my God, I'm getting left behind mm-hmm. here. I better, I better really jump on this. And I took yeah. action. But if you're sitting out there now, like where's the future of this industry going? And especially in the planning space, what's yeah. your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, if I reflect back 18 years ago, what was the industry like? Again, it was a little bit more transactional. And then that was kind of the start of the rise of advisory. So, so AUM, um, I think as we fast forward, financial planning, I think it's always been something that people talk about. And I think they kind of do it on the periphery. I think there's, if you really drill down, I think there's very few people that are truly doing holistic financial planning. If we look at the industry as a whole, that will change. If I look to fast forward to 2030, 
that will be the main way that people do business moving forward. I think if you look at the rise of technology, robo-advisors, I think what's happening with AI and how that's going to impact advisor business and really investment management, I think that's going to be a game changer. And back to your previous point, what advisors look like in 2030 is really going to be a life coach. And that's really centered around holistic financial planning. Yeah. And and I always say that um, parts of the business are commoditized already. Mm-hmm. And if you don't figure out your differentiator, yeah, it's very, very hard yeah. to continue to grow mm-hmm. in this business. And last big question, technology. Obviously, you talked about software and mm-hmm. everyone thinks about the technology I'm planning with that. Sure. But, you know, a lot of bad happened in the pandemic, mm-hmm. but a lot of good. And, and we got this amazing tool, you know, using the Teams or Zoom or yeah. anything like yeah. that. Has that changed the planning process and has that helped or hurt or? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Zoom, you know, again, silver lining, obviously the pandemic was an awful thing, yep. right? But so there are some silver linings there. And, and certainly one of them is clients getting comfortable and really embracing technology, specifically Zoom or you know whatever, <laughs> whatever video yep. conference software you're using. But clients want to do it. That's not how they want to meet with their, their advisor. And it makes it so much more efficient. From an advisor perspective, you're not driving or coming to they're not coming to the office. Um, So it's way more efficient. And I think clients like it. And you the way that you're presenting financial planning solutions, again, we're we want to do it interactively. It lends itself well to using Zoom. You can pull up right on the screen, it's right in front of them. They're looking right at it. That's not looking off to the side screen or anything like that. So I think clients embracing that has been has been a certainly a game changer. And I think that will continue to evolve over time. Yeah. And if you're listening as an advisor here, it's really important that you get comfortable with the technology because I always think about, you know, when I started, they never told us they can get clients to come to the office. So (laughs) I went to see everyone at their home or business. And I could just think of my mom having an advisor come over and she'd be like, I got to clean up the kitchen. I got to make this look good and that good. I have to have some snack. And then you have to walk them out. And if I'm a client, I'm thinking, I could just jump on Zoom yeah. and then when it's over, hit the button. Yeah, and I'm good. And then it's massive efficiencies with pulling up the stuff online yeah. and then obviously time on both people's side. Yeah. So really good stuff. The last thing I want to spend on you is when you think of your future, mm-hmm. I mean, I know what, I know, as you said earlier, what gets you up each day, but mm-hmm. what, I mean, what's some of your visions for yourself and yeah. for your team and What's your goal and the impact you want to make, you know, going for the next 20 years of your career? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think, you know, one of the things that really drew me to Barnum day one, I told you this day one, the day that I feel like I'm not growing is the day that I leave. And I can I can confidently say in 18 years, I always feel like I'm, I'm constantly growing and evolving. So if I fast forward to, you know, what does the next 15, 20 years look like? really focusing on being an advocate in the industry. Uh, again, I think there's a lot of great work that financial advisors can do, but I think really focusing on the transparency and really focusing on financial planning and really educating advisors as far as financial planning doesn't have to be this overcomplicated thing. It's really about a systematic process to deliver holistic solutions to your clients. And so being an advocate to advisors, being an advocate to clients, um, and really trying to do my small part to, to help revolutionize the industry, I think is really key. Well, I think it's important that you stay on that journey. You know, when I stepped into this role as a leader, it was very hard for me at first because I loved meeting with clients and coming in right out of college like yourself. The first thing that hit me was, you know, I grew up really fast because I'm playing for real here. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like I'm just going to show up at work, push the clock, 
I'm actually meeting clients on real things. And, and I was very different than you. I started as a life insurance agent. Mm -hmm. So that was reality. Like you're telling people like, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. If you don't have this protection. Yeah. So I grew up really fast. And I think that when I took this role, the thing that I was very nervous about was I was stepping out of that, you know, front line. Mm -hmm. And so now I look at it and say, all right, my role is to impact as many lives internally, right. the people that work and the associates and the advisors. And then if I do that well, they go out and impact all of the lives of the clients out there in the marketplace. So I think it's really, really critical that you're taking that to a different point where you're saying, I just don't want to impact clients. Mm -hmm. I don't want to impact just the people here, mm -hmm. but I want to impact the whole society right. that needs planning. Right. And I think as the opportunity for advisors gets greater, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that don't understand our in understand the industry. Right. And we need way more people to service the needs that's out there. So I think what you're doing is, is amazing. And uh, one of the things that was really exciting as I listened to today is, you know, we talk about, we use the word small steps, mm -hmm. but you took so many, so many small steps and you've already won big, mm -hmm. but now, you know, think about where the future is. You've put yourself in position to impact so many lives and do so much great work, which is uh, really amazing. So really get great stuff, Jeremy. Do you have any last things that, uh, on your mind? No, that was great. I mean, just thank you again for the opportunity. But yeah, I, I feel like I'm at the ground floor of my career, even though I've been doing this for almost 20 years, um, which again, keeps me going, keeps me motivated. So again, thank you so much for having me today. By the way, on, on an ending note, I love hearing that because I, you know my saying, we're just beginning. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> I probably says, stole that from you, Paul. You've yeah. been saying that for 30 years, <laughs> yeah. and uh, but it's the truth. Yeah, I absolutely believe it. 100%. And uh, keep the passion on planning. And uh, Jeremy Huss, guys, um, you know, you know, you could you could look on the documents here to find him. And uh, I think that if you're looking to impact clients lives, financial planning is a big way to do that. And uh, thanks for being on the show today, Jeremy. Absolutely. Thank you. You got it. Thank you for listening to Small Steps, Big Wins. Please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you you should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.